A lot of people I've talked to say that their loved ones have likened it to solitary confinement as if they were incarcerated. This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we'll take a closer look at a bill in North Carolina's legislature that would allow nursing home residents at least two visits a month during a public health emergency. Welcome to Under the Dome. I'm Colin Campbell, editor of the NC Insider. Last week, the State House passed a bill that I honestly thought would be controversial. House Bill 351, which had the title of Clifford's Law, named for a developmentally disabled man who uh, lives in a a nursing home facility and wasn't able to have uh, visitors over the past year. Uh, The bill would require that any restrictions on visitors uh, enacted in the future at nursing homes, assisted living facilities, or any sort of similar residential care facilities have to still allow at least two visits a month from a designated visitor. Given the uh, tight restrictions that banned nearly all visits over the past year of the pandemic, I kind of thought this bill might be seen as another attempt by Republicans to take power from the governor's administration. After all, we've seen countless reopening bills where the votes came largely along party lines, uh, but instead, Clifford's law actually passed last week in the House with a nearly unanimous vote. So I was sort of curious to figure out, are we seeing a change in how our state views visitor restrictions on nursing homes and assisted living facilities and uh, the sort of lessons learned over the past years as we're finally easing stuff up? So joining me to talk about the bigger picture on this issue is Kate Martin, reporter for Carolina Public Press, the nonprofit uh, online news site that uh, you definitely should be reading if you aren't. Thanks, Kate, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Colin. So to start off, uh, tell me a little about the current status for visitors at these facilities. What what have, uh, are is being allowed right now, and uh, where have they eased up in the last few months? Well, right now, my understanding is nursing homes can allow visitors. In fact, there was a health order from the DHHS uh, that restricted visitors due to the pandemic that was enacted early last year, as I'm sure we all remember. That was recently rescinded uh, because the CDC gave guidance that said that nursing home residents can now have visitors. What that looks like across the state, I'm sure, is a mixed bag, but um, there are a lot of folks who are really excited to see their parents and other loved ones again. So what are you hearing from families as far as the uh, negative impacts they've experienced over the past year and uh, the the reaction as as things have been easing up and and they've been able to do more with their loved ones? Well, some of the negatives, obviously, are loneliness. Uh, They feel isolated. A a lot of people I've talked to say that their loved ones have likened it to solitary confinement as if they were incarcerated. Some residents even have suicidal ideation. One woman I talked to, her name's Lauren Zingraff. She's the executive director for Friends of Residents and Long-Term Care. It's a nonprofit. She said, you know, some of them will even say, why am I even alive? Why should I try? Like, there's also a lot of failure to thrive, which is essentially somebody who has given up on eating and drinking and is just basically waiting to die. That's obviously a huge concern. Families are ecstatic to be able to see their loved ones again. You know, nursing homes are still trying to make sure that it's safe. They want to see social distancing still. Uh, Some of them, you know, obviously are still having people wear masks. There's quite a bit of variety, I think, in the way this is happening, though. Yeah, for sure. And we've got a sense that, uh, you know, we, we saw sort of the cutesy stories about visits at the window and, you know, talking to your loved ones via Zoom and and that sort of thing that were set up. Any sense for sort of whether that helped or perhaps was more strange than it was a a substitute for a real visit? Yes. uh, There was a gentleman I spoke to. His name's Phil Wells from uh, Wilmington. 
and he and his family would visit his mother, Rosalie, every week. They would see her go for outings. Uh, she was definitely very loved by her friends and family. And when the pandemic hit, all of those visits stopped. Uh, they would have try to have a phone call with her or something over technology like FaceTime. That was difficult for her because she has dementia. They would go do these window visits, these cutesy visits, that, uh, which is what Phil called them. But they weren't so cute to them because she would get upset that she couldn't actually see them or hug them or talk to them. She didn't know what was going on. Why are you, why can't I talk to you in person? Why can't I hug you? So it's, you know, there's a, there's a varying degree of ability among nursing home residents and they may not always know what's going on. So that's confusing for them. Oh, sure. I mean, I figure that's uh, the whole year has been confusing to those of us with all of our cognitive uh, facilities intact. And if, you know, it's even harder to make sense of this, I'm sure if you, you know, got a uh, dementia issues and, and things like that. Is there a sense you get from talking to some of the experts and leaders in the, the field and, and people in charge of these facilities that the restrictions worked well and that, you know, perhaps the, the COVID numbers in these facilities could have been worse? Or was there a sense that maybe they did too much harm to residents overall well-being? Well, if you're asking about like the, the benefit versus the risk, um, even with the lockdown, we still had a lot of infections in nursing homes. Uh, nursing homes, many of them have problems with infection control to begin with before we had this incredibly transmissible and deadly virus. At one point in North Carolina during the pandemic, more than half of the deaths that came from COVID were people who lived in nursing homes. And uh, while that ratio dropped over time, you know, it was still very difficult. In terms of, you know, whether it was worth it, I think that even early in the pandemic, uh, friends of residents and other advocacy groups were saying we need to figure out a better way. You know, window visits aren't cutting it. I don't know what people would say if they had a do-over for this pandemic, honestly. Uh, I think that it was difficult for everybody. For sure. And, you know, I guess the the problem with the Visitation restrictions, is that only limits some of the people coming in? I mean, you still have to have staff coming in. And I assume that's sort of where they established a lot of the outbreaks we're stemming from is that, you know, the staff is not living in a bubble. They're going out and about living their lives and, and coming into contact with other folks. And that seemed to be, I guess, how uh, a lot of these outbreaks started and then got passed around between some very vulnerable residents. Yeah, that's exactly what Mandy Cohen said in June. I had asked a question about when, when are we going to find out where these outbreaks are or when, when are we going to uh, start doing more testing? I, you know, I'd ask all these questions about those types of things. And in June, she said, yes, nursing home staff are the ones going in and out. They're going out in the community. They're shopping. They're having to deal with people coming in and out of their home doing things, that sort of thing. Is there a sense that testing could have fixed some of these problems and maybe allowed for visitors if, if they had been able to earlier in the pandemic institute some rapid testing for staff and for a designated visitor to sort of make sure that people are getting screened before they walk in the door of these places? I know one uh, nursing home owner who told me that, yes, he would love to have one of these rapid testing machines so that they could get visitors or they could test staff. You know, he didn't like closing the nursing home to family either. And I'm sure... Uh, anybody who has a family member in long-term care, it's, you know, the family is coming in to visit and seeing if they're okay, but they're also doing things for their relative. They might be helping them get dressed or helping them eat their meal. And without all of these family members coming in and visiting, the staff was even more stressed out. And so, yes, this 
the, the nursing homes, I think, would have wanted this type of technology early in the pandemic if it meant that they could have had family visitors as well. And I get the sense just from looking at this legislation that passed and it still has to go through the Senate. So, you know, who, who knows what will happen with that going forward in legislative session. But it seems like it's almost sort of a middle ground to basically say, you know, we're not going to throw this wide open if there's a future event like this the, to where, you know, your entire family can come in and you can have, you know, eight people in your room at a time. Uh, but to say that you're, you have to designate one person and then an alternate if that person's not available and that person can come at least twice a month, but they could, I guess, limit it to, to two visits a month. I gather that's sort of trying to figure out a, a middle ground on giving you some level of visitation, but not opening the door to where there's just a ton of people coming in and out of these facilities all the time. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the legislation, but that definitely would have been better than what we had during the pandemic for a lot of people, for the families, for the people living in these facilities, and also, I suspect, for the nursing homes. Yeah, and, and certainly, the uh, as they were debating this last week, uh, the, the individual people affected were involved. I mean, Clifford, obviously, named for a person who uh, had a really rough time of it. The the bill was sort of un- nonspecific on exactly his medical condition at the, the end of this whole thing, but certainly indicated that, you know, having his sister and other family members coming was a big aspect of how he was able to sort of process, you know, the, the world around him and, and losing that ha- had a big impact. Um, outside of anything with, with visitors or people coming in and out, were there other factors that uh, seem to have led to the high number of outbreaks in the facilities we've seen over the past year? Well... The death toll and the bad cases obviously came as a factor of comorbidities and, you know, the, the fact that older people are more susceptible to this virus. Um, I, I think that it really does just boil down to a couple of factors. You've got, again, the people going in and out who work there or contractors or whoever coming in to do work in the nursing home. And then just the fact that you have poor infection control in a lot of these places The third factor, obviously, being that this is a very transmissible virus, and even places that have had good ratings for infection control in the past had outbreaks. Are we seeing any, what sort of numbers are we seeing now that, you know, have vaccines in place and we've been several months into at least having the option for uh, residents and staff of these facilities to uh, be fully vaccinated if they choose? Well, um, my understanding is the outbreaks are definitely going down. More than 80% of residents have had their first dose of one of the COVID-19 vaccines, according to an epidemiologist with the Department of Health and Human Services that I talked to. Her name's Jennifer McFarquhar. Uh, that is a, a very high number. I've been keeping an eye on the numbers. They, the, the infections have been going down, which is, I'm sure, encouraging for a lot of people. I did hear there was some uh, hesitancy among uh, staff at these facilities. Are, yes. are the numbers increasing on that as, as the vaccines become more prevalent? Or is it still a problem that uh, you know a majority of the folks working at these places have said they don't want the vaccine, at least not yet? So my understanding is vaccine hesitancy has dropped a little bit and more people are getting vaccinated, but it's still not to the level that the health experts feel it needs to be. You're not going to get herd immunity um, just by getting the disease and then getting over it. You know, I mean, we had smallpox for 5,000 years until we had a good vaccine for it. So COVID's probably, according to some of the experts I've talked to, it's going to remain in circulation and people who haven't been vaccinated are going to be at risk of catching it and passing it on to other people, including vulnerable people who live in nursing homes and could die from it. Does anybody need to talk about uh, requiring vaccinations at these facilities? I know that's been a hot topic statewide about employers in a variety of industries and whether they should be able to at all or uh, ought to be having some sort of requirement. 
Well, already nursing homes have a difficult time getting employees. It's uh, a lot of them are understaffed, especially after this pandemic. I've heard people say that this should happen. I, I really don't think the nursing home industry wants that. Um, but at the same time, you know, it seems to be like ha- getting vaccinated is the responsible thing to do if you're going to be working around such a frail pop- population. I'm sure that's a fraught conversation. Yeah, certainly. And I almost wonder, you know, if there are some folks that of that 20% who didn't get vaccinated, um, you know, I guess they're, they're still just as much at risk. So I, I imagine we're, we're not completely out of the woods as far as seeing cases and outbreaks in these type of facilities. No, we're not. We're not out of the woods by any means. A lot of the health literature I've been reading, articles and people who I who are interviewing people who are much smarter than me in this topic, uh, they definitely say this will be in circulation for a long time. Yeah, so I imagine this 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 will continue to be the area we have to look at, um, you know, with booster vaccines and and with other preventative me- measures as it mutates and you know continues to be out there in some form or another. Thanks so much for joining me. That was uh, Kate Martin, sure. reporter for Carolina Public Press. And thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Under the Dome. I'm Colin Campbell. We'll talk to you soon. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider. And sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.